0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine, alongside Ryan J. Frederick, and uh, we're coming to you for the second time in three days. Um, if, if you... Uh, you heard our post show of ufc 272 that we did with garrick gonzalez on uh, saturday night i want to thank you for subscribing to the patreon and for those people on the free feed uh, we're actually going to slap that on at the end of this show um, just to kind of give you a taste of the kind of content that you can get on the patreon we won't do this every month but we're going to do it this time and I'll give you a free sampler and uh and then you know if you like it uh, check out all the uh, excellent content we have on the Fight Game Media Patreon, which is uh, can be found at patreon.com backslash fight, fight game media. It's only five bucks a month and uh, you get uh, almost a show a day from uh, all the people here at Fight Game Media. So. Uh, but yeah, so UFC two seventy two, we gave all our thoughts. We uh, did just just over forty five minutes with um, with Garrett on Saturday night, but we didn't actually, you know, just kind of run down the complete results of the card, um, the main card. Uh, you know, I think we got to all those: Colby Covington United's decision over Jorge Masvidal, Rafael dos Anjos unanimous decision over Ronaldo Moicano. Bryce Mitchell, United's decision over Edson Barbosa. Kevin Holland, second round TKO over Alex Oliveira. And Sergey Spivak uh, ended Greg Hardy's UFC career with a uh, first round TKO in 2 minutes and 16 seconds. Ryan, uh, I assume you got it up there. Why don't you uh, go through the prelims and just highlight anything a note?
1: Yeah, yeah, the prelims of the show started off with a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Dustin Jacoby beat uh, Michael Oleg a uh, unanimous decision 29-28 all the way around. It was a really good really good fight. Jacoby's now still unbeaten since coming back to the UFC. Uh, he's got five wins and a draw. draw. He should be ranked and should be getting some ranked opposition next and he's he's looked really good since coming back. Uh, we had a next fight was a lightweight fight. Split decision Ludovic Klein beat Devontae Smith. Upset there because Took the fight on like a weeks, weeks notice, but just outstruck Smith throughout. Uh, we had a flyweight fight, another kind of upset. Tim Elliott beat Tager Ulenbeckov, a uh, decision, the decision 29-28 scorecards all around. Uh, Elliott admitted to. Doing a couple couple of cheating maneuvers during the fight, you know, <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. If you ain't, if you don't get caught, you might as well keep going. So, so but a uh, big win for Elliot. Elliot there because off, has looked really good. Uh, one fight we really talked about the other other night, but a uh, featherweight fight. Uh, Cousin Umar and Amargamadov uh, submitted Brian Kelleher in the first round with a rear naked choke. Absolute domination. And is really good, really good, really tough veteran. So this was just this is just a smothering. And just Cousin Umar is going to be a threat before too too long. Uh, another fight we talked a lot about the other night, a uh, women's flyweight fight. Marina Morose beat uh, Maria Agapova. Submitted her in the second round with an arm triangle choke. Absolutely dominant round. Uh, our dominant win by Moroz. Dean, these two used to be training partners. They were kind of heated rivals, but but they seemed to be getting along during the week. I think maybe that was more more Morose with everything going on in their home country of Ukraine, kind of just like, you know, this whole this whole feud isn't worth it considering there's bigger bigger things going on. But Dean Thomas, who was a coach at American Top Team, he was doing commentary, and he said this this fight went exactly like a lot of their sparring and training sessions where Morose just dominated Agapova on the ground. Uh we had a light heavyweight fight, split decision. Uh Nikolai Negri Romano uh split decision over Kennedy and Chuck Wu. And I got the I have no pr- I have no problems announcing those name pronouncing those names. I, okay, so, you know you know where I was going there. Yeah. So but uh <laughs> yeah, Chuck Wu got a Got a, a point taken away in the third round, and uh, you know, two two of the judges gave Negri Romanu, uh two rounds, and the other judge gave Nchukwu all three rounds. I actually scored it all all three rounds for Nchukwu as well. I don't see how Negr Romano won two rounds, but it whatever it was not the most exciting fight. Uh, we had a very important strawweight fight. Marina Rodriguez uh, split decision over Jan Zionin. Uh, it was that was a really Really good fight. It was close, could uh, back and forth. Uh, Rodriguez kind of took over towards the end of the second round, and I thought she won the last two rounds to get a decision. And uh, she should be fighting the winner, but winner of the fight between Rose Dominguez and Carlos Sparza next. And then another fight we talked about uh, closed out the prelims. Lightweight fight. Uh, Jalen Turner finished Jamie Malarkey with punches in the second second round. A really exciting fight. They were it was back and forth on the feet. Uh, Turner big lightweight four wins in a row. Uh, he, he should be getting a highly, highly touted opponent next. So yeah, some good prelims on the show.
0: I think the big story from the prelims, especially for gamblers was the, the underdogs were like six and two on the prelims, but then on the main card, all the favorites won. Um, and, uh, I got a nice parlay out of that, but, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, Kennedy fight. I, I think I scored it, um, I think I actually scored it for Nick Murano as well. I think I gave it to him 29-28. Uh, so, but but I was surprised that there was no judges had a draw because there very easily could have been a draw in that fight. And uh, nobody scored it that way. So, so yeah, that was uh, that was the UFC. Uh, I think we did the bonuses the other night, but just in yeah, case we did. didn't. Uh, Colby Covington and Masvidal, yeah, they fight of the night. And then Kevin Holland and Marine Rose got the... Uh, the performance bonuses so so that was ufc 272 stick around after the show for uh our recap with garrett and if you've already listened you can just end the fight when we uh when we sign off so uh we're, we always, uh, we, we switched our format up a little bit on our last week's show, in case you missed it, and uh, we're going to start off um, these shows now with our We Gotta Talk About segment. And uh, our We Gotta Talk About segment is something that, at different points in this past week, neither one of us really wanted to talk about, but we kind of got to talk about it, and this broke... Basically as we were recording last week It's funny how that happens a lot Um, But as if you're listening to this Obviously you know uh, The story about Cain Velasquez And you know just the horrible situation That he got himself involved in But Ryan just in case nobody knows Why don't you just give us the 411 there
1: Yeah well uh, Cain Velasquez Okay this is a long and tough story To get through So Cain Velasquez was sending his children to a daycare. He employed a, a woman who ran a daycare out of her house. Hang on one second. Okay. I'm back. Uh, had to cough, but, uh, uh, had a daycare, uh, the, her son her 43 year old son was uh, sexually abusing several of supposed, supposedly several of the children and i mean we know for sure that it was one of uh, of lasquez's children when i had originally heard the story i was led to believe that it was the the young son that was being and then i heard then i heard it was the daughter but then i heard again the, the, that it was definitely the son the police are claiming or the claims coming out it was a family member but everybody who's kind of in the know as far as they know as far as who knows kane velasquez all the people in the people in the in his circle that trained with him at american at aka they're pretty much confirming have confirmed that it was the son that was being sexually abused and molested by this man. So the guy was arrested and released the same the same day. On uh, from what I heard and have read, that it was on a very low bail. And when I say low bail. You know me, Paul, and probably a lot of people. Have, people listening probably make more money in a couple of days of work or a week's worth of work than the, than there was the bell on this guy. So, this guy like five hundred bucks, right? Uh, yeah, even Cave uh, lawyer, Mark Gargos, has claimed that it was basically no bail. That he hey, the, whatever whatever is the case, the guy should have never been re, been released because the story is that that he could have possibly sexually abused these children up to a hundred times, which. There's just there's this guy shouldn't have been been allowed on the street you know back home uh on monday of last week they uh his parents or his his mother and his stepfather were driving him to i guess get his ankle ankle monitor and, and all that you know and uh they were chased down by Kane velasquez in a, in a in his truck kane was chasing them and then rammed into him a few times there's been some foot a little bit of footage that has come out but uh kane fired three shots you know you know with the, with a the gun they were targeted at the at the guy but unfortunately the one person that got shot was the guy's stepfather he suffered you know non-life-threatening injuries but uh kane was arrested uh charged with attempted murder and a whole bunch of other charges uh he was denied bail today uh which which you know that's another part of the story because the ju because i read something about the judge who denied him bail uh you know several years ago granted bail to a guy who had murdered his infant like 14 month old Child, but he would not The our he or she whatever the ju- judges would not You know called called Cain Velasquez a threat to society. I mean the the guys fam- the guy the the alleged the alleged abuser and his family are all under a protective order right now. I don't think he would do anything crazy, crazy. But it's just it's kind of like it's you know you can't take you can't do vigilante justice. But there's all these like you know he shouldn't have done have gone after the guy and tried to to whatever who knows if he was actually trying to to shoot the guy or kill the guy or what and then nobody knows because because Kane hasn't spoke on the situa- on the situation he hasn't had root yet so uh all of all of the statements have been coming through coming through a lawyer uh I read a, just another story today in Tennessee about how a former sheriff's deputy who was accused of raping a fourteen year old girl struck a plea deal with prosecutors and he got no prison time and he doesn't even have to register as a sex offender. So I mean when you kinda hear these stories, like you wanna you wanna commend Kane for going after this because are because these things it's like the legal system is kind of failing in these situations yeah you got to let the legal system do do the works but but you know i don't want to get into a lot of my personal history but i have very low tolerance for you know child molesters those guys those pe- kind of people don't need to be on the street yeah Kane shouldn't have gone after him uh Kane, you know he messed up and he deserves he deserves whatever punishment he gets i i well, you know, and it's going to be unfortunate for his family that he's probably going to do so you know, it just depends on what happens. I could I could honestly see in this situation a jury having sympathy and giving him a no a not guilty if they actually go through with the attempted murder charges and see eight or nine other charges that that'll get him because those are, you know, stuff that's gonna stick you know he's probably gonna do some serious jail time uh it sucks for his family i get the idea of wanting to uh (laughs) to protect your family everybody does every parent wants to protect protect their child and nobody wants to see a guy who's done stuff like that to their children out on the streets, walking freely, freely. It's just, none of, none of this situation is right. And I kind of just would like to stop there.
0: So the only thing I'll add, um, is I, um, I, I can't excuse the high speed chase and the firing bullets into a car i totally understand you know well i shouldn't say i totally understand because i don't i i mean i can't i you know understand what he what was going through his mind i can only assume that he basically you know lost his mind so whether or not you know temporary insanity is gonna end up being you know what happens or justifiable or whatever or that they just hope for jury nullification um you know i don't want to see this guy go away for 15 years Because he was doing what he thought was right to avenge his his son, Um, you know. But you also can't send a message that it's okay to just go on a high speed chase and go firing bullets into a vehicle. Um, So you know, I am not condoning child abuse. Obviously, Um, you know, when I you know I was a little vocal about this on Twitter, and I had somebody you know said, "Oh, this is spoken like someone that has a child molester in their family." Like crap like that is just stupid, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, and you've heard people say, you know, like I do the same thing. I do worse. You know, I think Dana White said anybody would do the same thing in his situation. And I think like not everybody would do the same thing. Maybe you'd want to, and maybe you would you know and if you did you'd probably have to pay the price for it and uh hopefully he finds uh i say hopefully because i don't want to see him go away for a long time i don't want to see his kid grow up without a parent and i don't want him to be labeled as a criminal for the rest of his life because he lost his mo he's lost his mind for you know a few hours or however long it was so Let's, you know, hope that this ends fairly soon and, uh, and, you know, and, and, it works out best for everybody, but, um, you know, and hopefully this guy is never around kids anymore. Um, you know, that, I mean, above all else, and if whatever Kane did makes means that doesn't happen, well then, you know, maybe some good comes out of it. So I don't, I don't think I got anything else to say. Do you?
1: No, no, that's pretty much pretty much it because otherwise I might get a little little heated and I wanted to yeah. keep myself light. like like yeah. I think I've been Yeah me too. We me and Paul me and Paul, along with a few others, we've <laughs> had we've had a uh, we've had private discussions about this, and and it got a little heated to the point where I kind of t- had told Paul originally I don't want to really talk about this story anymore, but we decided to because I think we've all, we've already all set our pieces, but we want to we felt like it was right to bring it to the audience and how we felt about it. So so yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with the story, and I just hope that it sucks that he was denied bail by a judge who who has given bail to. To worse offenders and in war- more dangerous people, because I don't think Cain Velasquez is a threat to anybody outside of this one person. So it's just it's just a sad situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But moving on, uh, we do have uh, a, another show, you know, because it's Saturday. So you know what that means. Um, it's uh, another fight night uh, from the Apex. Um, they're still there for, I guess, one more week. I guess the following week they'll be uh, in London. Um, but this week we've got uh, Tiago Santos and Megamed Ankaleyev in the main event. Um I always say every week. I, if you asked me who was in the main event, I wouldn't know. I did remember Tiago Santos was in it because I remember seeing the uh, the uh, the things on the cage. And I, I got to say, okay, like I'm fifty two. My memory is not what it used to be. So there might be some people listening to this that have seen some stuff on Twitter today. And my mentions just got blown up. Um, okay, like I don't remember every single little thing that I've watched in the last 25 years. So if I don't remember somebody's entrance music or their ring gear, sue me. Okay, uh, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. And if you know, you know. But uh, Tiago Santos and Magomed Ankalaev of Light Heavyweight Fight, uh, two... Uh, Top 10 guys, um, you know, not real close to a title shot or anything, but Tiago Santos has fought for the title before, and Ankalaev is probably going to fight for the title in the future. Um, this feels like a showcase for Aev, Um, but Tiago Santos is no easy out, so uh, I expect it to be explosive, and uh, I expect the winner to ask for a
1: title shot that they probably won't get anytime soon. Uh, Any, tell me about this fight, Ryan. I mean, uh, Santos—he's got back in the win column in that and that boring win over Johnny Walker hasn't been the same since the John Jones fight when he tore up literally every ligament in his knee. And his knee just, just the. I mean, when you looked at him before that fight, you were talking about one of the most dangerous fighters in the sport because he would knock people out 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 and those people would be out cold for a while. He hasn't done that since he came back came back, you know, he's been a little gun shy. I think it's I think it's the injuries, the you know you know, kinda you know kind of to the point when you're unable to use one of your legs essentially for 6 months it you know it can take a toll on you on you mentally but uh you know he beat Johnny Walker's last time it wasn't a great fight at all but uh you know, got back in the win column. Probably got some confidence back in him. Ankalyev is a tough out. Uh, great takedown artist. Uh, not as good on the feet as Santos is, and Santos has a really underrated and good ground game. So very interesting fight. Ankalyev, if uh, if he wins, you know it's hard to deny him a title shot next. Even even though uh, you know you probably give it. You know, he'll be in the mix with Alexander Rakic and Jan Blachowicz. But, uh, yeah, but a uh, very important fight for both for both guys. And, and you know, Alcala's first main event. Uh, see how he adjusts to, adjust to Santos has been there in main events before. You know, he knows how to go five rounds. He's a very good fighter. It's an interesting fight. Probably not going to be the most exciting fight in the world, you know, barring Santos knocking Alcala out in the first round. But should be very competitive.
0: Yeah, I uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I hope we get a an explosive finish. Um the uh are like Ankliov like do you think they you know are are they got him on a title trajectory do you think or you know is he still a good two wins away if he wins here? uh
1: he's at most one more win away from this if he doesn't get get it this is like the this is the natural pro- progression it just kind of i would say it depends what happens between the fight and Glo- between glover and yuri and they're about to rebook the fight with jan Blakovich and alexander rakic so it kind of just just it all depends on who comes out the winners of all these all three of these fights to to see all right. what happens
0: all right, cool. Um and there is uh you know, like most other weeks, it's after that it's like a bunch of fights. So we what we're we're going to do here is uh Ryan will go down the full card in in a bit, but we're going to just kind of highlight a few of the fights that we're looking forward to. Um so I uh I guess I'll go first cuz I and I'm going to leave one because I know that you're probably going to pick it. Um, so for me, I'm looking forward to, um, JJ Aldrich and Jillian Robertson. Um, I talked about this fight when you first made the announcement that it was happening. Um, I'm a big fan of both of them. Jillian Roberts, Robertson's got a super underrated submission game, much better than our 10 and six record. And JJ Aldrich is just so damn likable and such like a little kind of a warrior. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I'm also the opener to and Jakui. And Azamat Merzakanov, Merzakanov's um, making his UFC debut. Uh, this was supposed to happen a few other times. We've talked about him a few other times, um, and he's coming off the contender series last year. Um, but Tafan Njikui is a guy that we've talked about a lot. Was one of my fighters to watch. I think at the end of twenty twenty. So um, yeah, th- this is like you know super like big fight that looks like it might open the show. So um, and then the um, the third one is. Uh, Mr. $8, Terrence McKinney's back two weeks later, uh, f- taking out Drew Dober. So it doesn't really get any easier for Terrence, but you know, he didn't take much damage in that last fight, you know, finished it in two minutes and, and he's right back there against a super tough guy, Drew Dober at lightweight. And, uh, this is a big, like kind of no kind of like Bobby green a couple weeks ago when he took that main event, like he's got nothing to lose and everything to gain if he gets a big win here. So, um, yeah, those are my three fights. Um, what do you got?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna preface this by saying, so I actually think you know for for an ESPN Plus card at the Apex, this main card is actually pretty pretty good. Uh, I got a and I got a quite a few fights over uh, you know on the card that I'm looking forward to. You kind of took one of my three, but it's okay. I got about I had a list of about five or six, so <laughs> so that's good. I'm gonna start off with the main card opener, middleweight fight between Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva. Somebody's gonna get knocked out in this fight. I mean, Bruno Silva, Bruno Silva's got like. Some ridiculous, like knockout string. I think he's think he's he's won he's he's won uh, seven in a row, all by knockout, and uh, he's won he's won like uh, eight. Nine, two. He's won seventeen of his last eighteen fights. He's has twenty two career wins and nineteen by knockout. So. This guy's dangerous. And then we talked about Alex Pereira a lot when he got signed and before he made his UFC debut. Kickboxing champion, only guy to ever knock out Israel Adesanya, has a couple of wins over Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. Uh, he's brought in specifically to go on to go on a run to fight to sign you for the middleweight title. Um, uh, somebody's gonna get knocked out in this fight. It's just you know, Pereira had a Yeah. Pereira had a had he when he debuted in Madison Square Garden, he had kinda one of those one of those fights where he kinda had to get used to the wrestling in the first round. First round against uh, Andres Mikolaitis, but once he got, you know, once that second round started, flying knee and punches finished finished in the, and you know, 18 seconds in the second round. He's only four and one, four and one uh, as in MMA, but all four wins by knockout, and you know, he has something ridiculous like, like. The 33 win kick, pro kickboxing wins in 21 by knockout, and he's been training with Glover Teixeira. So, so yeah, that should be a really fun fight. A, a second fight that I'm looking forward to: uh, featherweight fight Sadiq Youssef against Alex Casares. Uh, you got Bruce Leroy, who's who's honestly he's getting better and better every time. Every time we see him, you know he just. He's been with the UFC forever, the ultimate fighter. Ultimate fighter, he's had a lot of fights, fights with the company. But he's got five five straight wins, and he's looking better every time. And Yusuf is a tough guy, a ranked guy uh, who's... Who has, uh, let's see. He's coming off a lot off his only UFC loss, which was the Arnold Allen, which, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a tough guy right there. But before that, before that, he had won four in a row to start his UFC, UFC career. He's got six wins by knockout. That should be a fun fight. Uh, I'll say that, I'm not going to say this is my third fight, but the co-main between Marlon Moraes and Song Yudong. Yeah. That's a really good fight right there. But, uh, I'm going to go with my you. third one, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to highlight. Uh, I wanted to highlight a prelim, prelim. A guy who's making his debut. Uh, it's a welterweight fight. Uh, Matthew Simmelsberger is uh, welcoming AJ Fletcher to the to the UFC. Fletcher is a seven and zero. Got his contract on on uh, the Contender Series training partner of of Dustin Poirier from Louisiana. Um, knockout guy got a good personality. He could be uh, he could be a star if uh, he keeps winning, keeps winning, so he's got a lot of potential. So, I wanted to highlight him. And this card actually has three fighters who fought on the contender series this year and who won contracts who are all undefeated. So, you got a lot of got a lot of interesting yeah. prospects on this show. Yeah, uh,
0: you didn't mention Javid Basharat, right? That wasn't one of your three? No, no yeah against trevin jones uh so that's the other guy at bantamweight so um all right so yeah we've got uh so other than um the fights okay i i i you know i gotta apologize to you ryan i'm distracted
1: i finally just shut off twitter yeah uh, you should, but you should, you should have as long as, long, <laughs> as long as punk didn't block you then then i guess you know yeah yeah not yet
0: I, you know, I sent him a nice compliment. I sent him a nice compliment. Yeah. Um, and it's true. Like I wasn't sucking up. Like, I mean, I, if you listen to the dynamite show, you know, I love this freaking punk MJF feud. Like it's my yeah. favorite feud in like probably 20 years. Yeah. But, uh, we also got on the main card, um, that we haven't mentioned Cleo roundtree and Carl Robertson at like heavyweight and Bruno Silva and Alex Pereira at, um, uh, middleweight. I, I, and now, now that I say that, I think you mentioned one of those. As, yeah. As, Pereira but, and Bruno but,
1: Silva, yeah. Um,
0: yeah yeah sorry I, I did hear the other two though that's why I didn't mention them um, and then
1: so what do what we got on the prelims other well just run them down like yeah pre, prelims we're opening with uh, the light heavyweight fight you mentioned Tefan Nechukwi I guess Asimov Mirzakhanov uh, we have a bantamweight fight Chris Moutinho who's best known as coming in on short notice and taking a beating at the hands of Sean O'Malley but he got really popular off that fight fight he's uh, returning against uh, Guido Canetti Got a middleweight fight, Dolce Lungi, Lungi and Bula against Cody Brundage. Got a women's flyweight fight, Sabina Mazzo against Miranda Maverick. Uh, featherweight fight, Damon Jackson against Camuela Kirk. Uh, bantamweight fight, Trevin Jones against the aforementioned Javid Bassarat. Uh, women's flyweight fight that you brought up, J.J. Aldrich against Jillian Robertson. And then the welterweight fight that I mentioned that caps off the prelims, Matthew Simmelsberger against A.J. Fletcher.
0: Yeah, and and you know what, you're right. I did not give this card enough credit. There, there's there's actually some really good stuff on this card, and uh, I mean these shows are always great. So this is on
1: ESPN Plus. Yeah, uh, you it's know a, the same as the last couple shows. Yeah, it's a much stronger lineup. It's a much stronger lineup, top to bottom, than the last than the last several uh, Apex shows have been. So, so just wanted to bring that up.
0: Oh, I just saw some other news about uh
1: you know I
0: don't know if it's true or not but I just saw like GoFundMe um they uh they they blocked donations that were being raised for King Velasquez's defense fund. Yeah that sucks. yeah
1: like they, they they do that stuff sometimes but yeah
0: yeah um, so yeah, this is uh, So it's 4 o'clock Eastern 3 o'clock Central uh, From from the Apex On ESPN Plus So again, and hopefully You know, if things go well It'll be another show That's over by 9 o'clock uh, Our time 10 o'clock Eastern And uh, also running Basically head-to-head um, With uh, UFC this weekend Is Bellator on Showtime um, that, that show starts at 6 Eastern But it's a little bit shorter card And the way Bellator paces They'll probably end after UFC um, And uh, we've got uh, Main event of uh adam borix and mads burnell uh i don't imagine anybody's going out of their way to watch that but uh phil davis is re- is fighting i was gonna say wrestling because he probably will be wrestling him uh julius Anglicus in the co-main event i believe Anglicus is the guy yeah he's the guy that stepped in on short notice to fight vadim nemkov last uh last fall uh when um uh somebody had to pull out of a of a fight. And uh yeah, just looking down the rest of the card. I there's an interesting prelim. In fact, I'm surprised it's on the prelim. Derek Anderson and Goiti Lamauchi. It's two of like Bellator's kind of signature guys. And for some reason that's on the prelims. But uh not much else on this card. Um anything else you want to talk about from Bellator? Probably not. Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> not really. I I you know, i will be honest. Uh, I didn't realize they were running a show this weekend until—until until I was doing the rundown because I—I uh, don't. You don't hear anything about Bellator ever. Nope. These days, nothing. Like it's—it's it's almost like a non-existent promotion.
0: So when when we are preparing the rundown, I usually look at your um your column. For ideas and your column, it was up a little bit later this week. Um, it was a busy weekend at Fight Game Media with all the stuff going on with the AW pay per view. So I um, I was looking through stuff and then I noticed something in my work email that was a Bell Bellator press release that was sent to me and it was talking about all the fight week activities in uh, St. Louis um, because this, this show is actually on the road. They're not even in their normal. Um, place Mohegan Sun where they run most of their cards this is st louis and you know this is a you know if michael chandler was still there he'd be headlining but of course they don't have him so um yeah it's adam borks and mads Bernal. i mean they're you know they're, they're probably like top 15 you know if they're in ufc they're probably top 15 featherweights. it's like it's not a bad fight
1: at all um, <laughs> uh, is 17 and one i mean have you seen that ufc featherweight division that's tough that's to be top 15. What? We were talking, true, true, but I mean, yeah, you know, Bri- Bryce Mitchell. Good though. Bri- yeah, they're good. They're good, but Bryce Mitchell was a fringe top fifteen guy, guy until this past week, and look how great he he is. So I don't, you know, true. Yeah, and you know what?
0: Uh, yeah, Burnell actually was what one and two in UFC. So yeah, maybe I'm I'm giving them a little too much credit. Um, Phil Davis is good though. I might just watch the Phil Davis fight. Um, but yeah and there're a couple of unbeaten fighters on the main card too Johnny Eblen and JJ Wilson so let's we'll see how they do sometimes these unbeaten Bellator guys aren't 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 no big shakes Um all right so that's the Bellator show that is again uh 6 p.m. Eastern so I assume that's the prelims main, yeah, card's probably the main card probably at 9 main yeah. card's 10 Eastern time 10 Eastern Jesus So yeah this this card starts 2 hours later than UFC and will probably end at like Two hours, three
1: hours later, yeah, there's it, less fights. I think it's prob- pacing is probably going to start when the UFC ends and it might be still going on whenever we wake up Sunday morning with the way they pace. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably just watch it
0: Sunday. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, there's another big show this weekend. Yeah. And actually, in some ways. Um well I mean the the Santos Anaclea fight is pretty big but for I think for a lot of casual fans the the um the fight they might be most interested in this weekend is on um Eagle FC which of course is uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's uh promotion that's a new ufc hall of famer by the way we talked about that on the show that's going to air later uh but uh yeah kevin lee and diego sanchez fighting at 165 pounds which is a new weight class for this um division it's not a catch weight i don't think i think they they actually will have a 165 pound weight class in this uh, promotion
1: yeah they do they'll have 165 and
0: 175 Okay, because I know it's like there is a hundred and seventy pound fight on this show. Um, a guy you talked about, I was surprised. Impa Kazangani, the guy that you were surprised they cut. Um, and he's man, he's got a tough out on this card against Raymond Megaman Megamadelayev. That's a like that's a UFC fight, right like, right there. Um, you know, I'm I'm surprised. You know, there's a lot of names on this card, Ray Borg and Ricky Bendejas, Nayshawn Burrell is fighting on this card, you know, longtime UFC veteran, Ronnie Marquez. Um, yeah, it's a, this is a Manny Wallow on, on the prelims, actually former uh, world series of fighting guy, but Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez. Um, this is a perfect weight class for Kevin Lee. Um, There is no perfect weight class for Diego Sanchez. He should be uh, retired, but, um, you know, this is, should be a showcase for Kevin Lee. I'd be shocked if it wasn't a finish within two rounds. Um, and this is, uh, this is okay. This is, what is this app that it's on? The
1: flex app? Flexcast is what it's called. It's a a free app. Free app. It's on, it's on Roku. Your you know, if you have iPhone, it's on there on there, but it's free, free to watch.
0: Yeah. And that's Friday night at uh, 6 PM Eastern. So that that's, you know, I, I assume the main card's is probably going to be at nine. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not much else going on on Friday nights. So, I mean, we got the NCAA tournament this weekend, I think, but, um, uh, but yeah, Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez, a uh, b- big fight. I mean, do you see it going any differently than what I
1: said? I mean, I don't, I think Kevin Lee's going to win. It's just, it's so, it's going to be just so weird. You know, it's Diego yeah. Sanchez. He's the original Ultimate Fighter. He's been fighting in the UFC since 2005. It's going to be so weird, you know, watching him fight, you know, without the UFC gloves or not inside the octagon. It's just, it's kind of weird. I mean, we, we, he probably still shouldn't be fighting. I'd much rather he him do this and bare knuckle fighting. I'll, I'll say that much. Yes. Say yeah. that much. But, uh, but man, Kevin Lee, you know, he said he's long said he he would be the best fighter at 165 pounds. I don't know that this will prove prove that if he you know if he does the job and win wins, but uh he needs a win too. And you know, I was surprised yep. UFC I was surprised that the UFC let him go, but also at the same time not surprised not surprised and especially considering his comments, you know, about being let go. They were way out there. Uh I do think he'll yeah. eventually end up back there. He just he needed to I think he needed a break from that, and I think he needed some confidence wins to get back. And obviously, with Habib and his you – know, I've talked about it, Habib and his relationship with Dana and Ari Emanuel and everybody there. Like, you know, Eagle FC, whatever you want to think it is, it's it's a feeder promotion for the UFC. So, I mean, so it's a perfect place for guys like – Kevin Lee and Ray Borg and Ipeka to go to, to try to earn their way back and perfect for some of these other guy, other guys, you know, who are up and coming to get showcased to get slots on the contender series and slots on, on, you know, UFC cards. So, but yeah, uh, their first show, this is their second show uh, in the, in the U S their first show was fun. It was a fun watch. It, you know, production was good. Commentary was, you know, when you have Chelsea Sonnen and Henry Cejudo as two of your four commentators, you, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. You can kind of get stuff all over the place. But, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it should be a fun show to watch.
0: The, um, the, the co-main is actually for the uh, the Eagle FC heavyweight championship. And it's got a guy who we saw in the contender series, uh, Rizvan Kunayev. He got a finish, and, but he didn't get a contract. And uh, he is uh, defending against Anthony Hamilton, who, uh, you know, if you recognize that name. He was in UFC a few years ago. He went three and seven in UFC. He lost his last fight in Eagle FC via first round KO. And now he's fighting for the title. So. Um, they probably could maybe invest in a matchmaker too, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. But I think like other than the main event, um, you know, the one I'm interested in is is uh, Impa Kazangane and this uh, Raymond Magam- um who looks like a pretty interesting prospect. Um, you know, fought in one, fought in fight nights, and uh, yeah, this will be his first UFC fight. Or no, because he, he beat Anthony Njokawani in his last fight in, on Eagle FC as well. So uh, yeah, a couple of interesting fights here, and uh, hopefully. We'll We'll see some of these guys in the UFC sooner than later. So, um, so yeah. So that that is uh, what we got on tap for this coming week. And I guess now we can uh, look at the news. Um, what, what what kind of news you want to highlight here? I got your column up.
1: Uh, I mean the main stuff this this week was uh UFC 274 uh, is official for Phoenix Arizona on May 7th I think we we might have mentioned that last week but uh but uh it might have come out last last Monday or it might have been Tuesday whatever, whatever. but anyway yeah UFC 274 May 7th Phoenix Arizona uh, they're probably going to add a add they're gonna have to add another big fight and I've heard that it's pot that that they could add Rose Namajunas against Carlos Barza there. There, you know, they're looking at options. That's one of the options they need. a They need another big fight because yeah, it's, you got Oliveira defending the title against Aichi in the main event. But as of right now, your your co main event is Shogun Hu against uh, Ovin St. Preux, and your third from fi- third. Fight from the top is is Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon. So this card this card needs something else. Uh, you know I've heard there. You know, you know like I said I've heard possibly Rose against Carla, but that's not official. But you know if if that fight gets added, don't be surprised. Uh, UFC two seventy five June eleventh. Uh, you know pay per view event, but it's going to be uh, the word is it's going to be taking place in Singapore which is very interesting Ooh. because even with all of the covid mandates uh being taken across taken down in the US and in several other countries i don't know you know what's it like in can what are they, are they getting rid of mandates up there up there in canada
0: um, slowly, uh, actually right now we, we don't have to have a vaccine to eat at a restaurant and I think March 15th, they're getting rid of the masks. So.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, ban- mandates here in the U- U.S. are pretty much, you know, all gone, all gone now. And a lot of them, a lot of them in other countries, but from what I've read, unless something has changed recently, uh, Singapore's still very strict, you know, with their COVID regulations. So it's going to be interesting if they actually go through with it, but if they go through with it, it's going to be, it's going to be a pay-per-view. I would assume it's going to be live, going to be live at normal time in the U S because anytime they run, run any shows other than their normal time, they don't do well at all. Uh, which would mean that the main, that the, uh, prelims would start at like 7am over there. But, uh, but as of now, when they do Australia, yeah. Yeah 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 but uh as of now the uh Sorry. top two fights on the card two title fights uh light heavyweight title glover to against yuri prochaska and uh the women's flyweight title valentina shevchenko defending against Tyler santos so uh yeah and possibility of uh yoana and zong Lee happened on that card as well so that's about it it's about it and then well uh, i think
0: yeah go ahead well, I was just going to say, like, that to a lot of people would probably be the the, the biggest fight on the card.
1: Yeah, yeah. In that yeah, in that area, it. right? Yeah, that's fi- that fight's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of where I think Singapore makes sense because, I mean, they're not – don't know that they're going to actual mainland China anytime soon. So the closest they can get Wei Lee to fight in there might be Singapore. But, I, I mean, I could see that happen. It's, it's not official and it's not – I don't know that it's even been discussed for the card. I just know that that fight's been discussed, and it would make sense to me if it ended up there. But it also make sense to me if it ended up anywhere else, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I. yeah, I kind of do. Um,
1: all right. And, and, uh, uh, want- oh, and then you got the Makachev, right? <laughs> I wanted to bring up Islam Makachev because... Because there's a there's a lot going on there's a lot going on with him. So earlier in the week, we talked. Uh, Dana White was doing an interview, and he's talking about how. He's gonna rebook the Darius fight. Benil Dariush, he uh, he his leg injury, uh, he doesn't need surgery, so he's probably gonna be back sooner than everybody thinks, possibly in the summertime. Anyway, and now they're gonna now instead of giving Makachov the title shot after his 11th straight win, you know when he should be fighting for the title, they're gonna rebook this fight, and I don't know that this is true. But I like to, you know, I like to read the tea leaves on some on some stuff sometimes, sometimes and come up with things and uh, and you know and Makachev himself said said that you know uh, that you know he doesn't un- said something about Dana, but anyway when the, when the whole situation happened last week with Rafael dos Años losing Rafael Fiziev as his opponent for this past weekend show. Uh, the first choice all along was Hanato Moicano because they did ask they did ask Makachev after after the fight after the fight if he would be willing to take it because they knew on Sunday that that Fiziev was sick that I don't think they knew they knew that he had COVID positive until Monday but uh, they knew there was a possibility he wasn't going to be able to fight and Makachev. You know, and his team said no, no originally. So they went with they were negotiating with Moicano and all that. And all of a sudden, when Fiziev pulled out, Makachev starts or Makachev or Ali or whoever was dealing with his social media starts talking and talking and talking about wanting to take the fight. You know, he's trying to bluff bluff Dos Agnes, but Dos Agnes was literally saying yes to everything that was uh, that was offered. And you know, Makachev Makachev whoever says we'll ta- you know we'll do we'll do the fight and Dos is was like 165 and and Makachev or whoever shot back 170 and Dos Aners was like yes you know basically calling out all the bluffs whenever they had no intention of taking the fight but because the UFC saw that there was you know there was actual Actual discussions of actually making the fight, making that fight, but then they found out that no, whoever's doing that yeah. is just trolling, and they have no intent. <laughs> so that kind of pissed somebody off. That kind of pissed Dan- okay. Dana off because Makachev, you know, he kind of shrugged off today, today, basically, you know, about about Dan White claiming that he declined the Dosanios fight, fight, and Makachev said he can say whatever he wants, which kind of tells you the story that. Yeah, they tried to make that fight and and you know after all those comments and he said no and it pissed some people off. So so I guess his punishment now is yeah, he's gonna have to fight Darius for for if he wants to fight a title. So basically what I want to say is if you know, if you're a fighter and you go on social media, you know, claiming that you'll step in on short notice, you better actually be telling the truth. Because if they because they call they will call everybody who offers to step in on short notice. And if you're publicly offering on short notice to, to step in and then they call you and you say, No, I'm just kidding, or I'm just trolling, you're gonna piss them off. Like it's, it's there's no two ways around <laughs> it. You know, it's like it's you know, it's stupid. What the whatever Makachev and his team were trying to do there, they just they 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 blew it. You know, it's it's like that Billy Madison yeah. that Billy Madison thing, you know, part of Billy Madison when he has his, his buddies call you know, his little kid buddies call you know, Ms. Vaughn to ask on a date date and then they hang up and Billy Madison yells at him, You blew it I mean that's basically what it what it was. So just yeah, if you if you're a fighter and you're not serious about taking a fight but you're volunteering to do publicly publicly, just don't do that. Just 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 say no. That's all you had to do. They're not yeah, going to be exactly. They're not going to be mad. They're not going to be mad at you for saying no. They're going to be mad at you for publicly saying yes and privately saying no.
0: Whoa. Okay. Yeah. No. You're right. Um, okay. We got fight announcements. And uh, did we? Did we talk about Gilbert Burns and comms that last week? It. I feel like uh, we did. But
1: I. The, the, I, I mean, know when I saw it on the UFC broadcast, I was shocked. We we've talked we've talked about it like that it was going to happen that it was going to happen and okay. I think I think you know it was it's long been rumored for UFC 273 but it was just made official on you know uh, I can't re- Dana did that interview with John Morgan and I can't remember if he did it last Monday or last Tuesday and I can't remember if we talked about it last week or all, or, or not because he he confirmed that fight you know in that interview it might have happened on t- Tuesday but yeah that's official for UFC 2 73 and that is a stack card right there in Jacksonville and that's a huge fight that is it's a big fight you know yeah and uh
0: yeah so I'm I'm really looking forward to that one the other one that stuck out to me from your the ones you have here is uh Cynthia Calvillo and uh Brianna Fortino on uh, June fourth, I don't know if there's any other ones you want to highlight there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Calvillo. She's going back to strawweight against uh, Brianna Fortino, who was formerly known as uh, Brianna Van Buren. Uh, she, she hasn't fought in over two two years, maybe three. Uh, I know she got married, got married, had a child, and you know this will be a return fight. Uh, we got a couple a couple ones for UFC 274 on May on May 7th, uh, Francisco Tornado against Danny Roberts, and then Randy Brown against Chaos Williams in a welterweight fight that should be fun. Uh, Two fights for the Columbus card, uh, Jennifer Maya against Manon Fioro, and a uh, replacement, uh, Nate Landwehr, who was originally supposed to fight Lerone Murphy, but Lerone Murphy's out with injury, and David Onama, a guy we talked about, who who just fought, who's got a lot of potential, he's going to fight Nate Landwehr, so that should be you know, that should be fun. And then um just because we like talking about sloppy heavyweight fights, you know, those are some of their in the clinch favorites. And especially Jake Collier is one of our, you know, favorite oh, yeah. favorite heavyweights <laughs> to talk about. Jake <laughs> That's Collier, gonna he, be a fun fight. He signed a new he signed a new four fight contract with the UFC and he's fighting Justin Toffa on April thirtieth. So
0: other than um uh what's his name? Curtis. Uh that might be my favorite story of the last like since we've been doing the show
1: maybe uh what's his well, name Chad
0: chris, curtis or is chris it curtis. Curtis? Chris curtis. Chris curtis chris curtis chris curtis you mean jake yeah. collier
1: yeah with the baseball player yeah jake collier above above huggy bear huggy <laughs> huggy bears break uh
0: you know what i think i do i think i do because when i saw chris, jake collier fight uh who was it um uh oh the former middle former middle uh john Volante. Like the yeah, two of them, things. they, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah, that, I mean, and I thought like, why am I watching this? And now I'm like looking forward to Jake Collier. So
1: yeah, I, I think, but it's close. I, I like Huggy bear too. That'd be a fun fight to see eventually Jake Collier and uh, Chris Barnett. So, Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. When I was looking at the, uh, the rundown of, of all the shows that are coming up this week and there's a lot of them, um, you know, we got an LFA show, we got PFL challengers. We got one
1: Invicta. Are they back on UFC fight pass? Is this correct, uh, or do that's you... what the, that's what the Tapology said? I know it's on MMA Junkie, so uh, okay. So I I don't I mean, know. It could be. I, mean, I I actually don't know if it was on UFC. If it's actually on UFC Fight okay. P- P- Pass, I'll just say that that's what that's what the Tapology page for the for the show said. Said I haven't looked on UFC Fight Pass to see if it's on the schedule, but I know it's it, on it MMA. Could Junkie. even be
0: a situation could even be a situation where like UFC is not even paying them and they're just like giving them the showcase because they're going to steal all their best fighters anyways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it always made sense to me. Like as long as UFC is not paying for it, I don't see why they wouldn't put it on their, on their, uh, streaming service. So, um, all right. So that is, that is uh, pretty much going to do it Uh, a little bit shorter show than usual, but we got the, um, the UFC two seventy two review coming up right away. So um, if uh, you know, and if you want some really quality entertainment, well, I I would tell you to go and look at CM Punk uh, call me out on Twitter, but he actually deleted the tweet. So, uh, but my mentions have not stopped. So, um, but it's been a fun day and a fun weekend. And uh, we got uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up this coming weekend. And we'll talk about it all next week when we come back. So,
1: Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? Uh, before we get in the review, everybody enjoy the fights this week and have a great week. Later.
0: And stick around. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA show on the Fight Game Media Network. And we are coming to you live on the, well, taped on the Patreon for our monthly special. And of course, we're recapping UFC 272, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. And it's myself and Ryan. And we got special guests, the boss men, Double G,
2: Garrett. How are you doing, Garrett? What's up? This is my uh, second podcast of the day, and I don't think this one's going to be two hours long. So I'm excited. <laughs>
1: And you're talking uh, to less interesting people than Brian Danielson, but
2: <laughs> he is he is very interesting. I, I agree with you, but I would imagine if we were doing a UFC recap, uh, him bringing up all the different uh, books that he's reading during during an MMA recap is probably not the best thing. So I'm glad I'm talking to you guys instead. But yeah, that that interview was so much fun. Like uh you know we, we we don't have to talk about it a lot cuz we 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 are here to do a job but um you know i think it when you think about the people or or the the pro wrestlers or the fighters in a sense like who are your favorite guys over the year over over the, the you know the last several years and he has been pretty much my guy since about the mid 2000s so to actually have a conversation with him was cool. I was like, ah, oh, you know, he's an interesting guy. It'll be fun. You know, this is going to be catnip for Dave. Like, he, he, this is going to be great. But he, like, actually over-delivered, like, what I thought was going to happen, which was pretty amazing. Like, he was just way better than I even realized. And by the end of the show, you know, we're getting to two hours. I usually try to wrap Dave up at about one twenty, one thirty. And I was just like thinking, I was like, this is too good. I can't wrap it up. I have to figure out how to do it in two shows or whatever it was. And then Tony Leader was like, nope, just keep going. We'll figure it out. And so we we figured out the uh, the file size. But yeah, it it was so much fun. I'm really looking
0: forward to listening to that. I, I'm probably going to get to it tomorrow. I, I'll be honest, and this isn't just a cheap plug. I've been listening to all the great stuff that's been on Fight Game Media this this weekend. So, um, there, there's been some, uh, you know, we got some good stuff on on here. So, yeah, you uh, and Baraka
2: was... have been the the people who've been uh, <laughs> listening to everything, which is yeah. great for me because you know I can listen to bits and pieces when I'm doing the editing, but um, then you know you guys can kind of tell me your thoughts as we try to improve and try to make all the shows as 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 best as we can i'm just enjoying it dude so uh if i have anything i'll tell you but i'm just i'm just liking what i'm here uh but yeah
0: we are here to talk about ufc 272 uh colby covington and jorge mazfatal um and but before we get into the the show um we got a special announcement uh which i think you know is probably the biggest news to come out of the show and it is that uh khabib normagomedov former ufc lightweight champion is going to be the headliner in the UFC Hall of Fame class of 2022. Um, They announced that they had a nice little video package for him. They had uh, Michael Bisping, you know, saying some really nice stuff about him. He was there. Um, You know, the fact that he's from Russia could have been dicey, but the crowd treated him with respect. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the press release right here. I won't read the whole thing, but... Some of his uh, thing, he's got four title fight wins, tied for the most in UFC lightweight division history, 12 lightweight division wins, the longest win streak in, uh, tied for the longest win streak in lightweight history, 13 consecutive wins, 21 takedowns in a single fight, 59 takedowns in his career, Uh, yeah, uh, 129.08, like an hour and 30, third most control time in UFC history. Um, and he had 88 significant ground strikes, which is the fourth most in a single UFC bout against Michael Johnson at UFC 205. And yeah, he's, uh, you know, he just retired like, you know, what, a year ago and uh, officially uh, had his last fight, uh, you know, 18 months ago. But uh, Ryan, did you have any sense this was coming?
1: um no i mean i knew hall of fame announcements were were coming but they keep they keep those kind of pretty close to the vest about who who they're gonna who they're gonna announce so i had no idea it was coming uh i think it's a little early for habib but i mean he was gonna go in one day i think you know his career just ended and just ended and you know with everything going on overseas overseas maybe now wasn't the best time but he was going to go in one day and he's definitely de- deserving i mean if you want somebody for modern wing to headline i've like maybe gone anderson silva silva but that's just me but yeah he's definitely deserving by far by far and yeah i mean i have no objections to it at all and you know he's had a great career great career so that's all that the end that's all that matters
0: he joins Forrest Griffin, BJ Penn, Uriah Faber, Ronda Rousey, Michael Bisping, Rashad Evans, and George St. Pierre as modern era
2: inductees. Uh, Garrett, uh, you got any thoughts on this one? I guess I was just wondering, I know that there's not a panel of folks probably who decide what, what's going on and they follow these strict guidelines, you know, like sort of a Major League Baseball or an, M- or an NBA or a Pro Football Hall of Fame. Is it just maybe Dana and a couple of people who put these together? Like, how do they actually come to agreement on who goes into the Hall of Fame?
1: I think it's Dana, Hunter Campbell, Sean Shelby, McMaynard, and a few other high-ranking people. And Craig, we're sorry. That just kind of just sit around and be like, all right, who are, who are we going to induct? Who can we get? Who are we on good terms with right now? You know, because that makes a difference. Because that's why Frank Shamrock hasn't been inducted. But yeah, it's pretty much just a small group of people who decided. And,
2: and I, I mean, it makes sense. It's, I, I, I guess the, the 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 way that I would sort of think about it is, who is Dana kind of chatting it up with, or you know, who, who's <laughs> kind of in the in in his memory as far as like, oh, you know, this this person had been talking to this person, and we should probably. Do it like I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't know how MMA fans or UFC fans feel about it, though. Like, are, are there people clamoring like, oh, you know, there are all of these people here who should go in before Habib and he'll go in. He'll be he'll he's like an easy Hall of Famer, but there's these other people that we kind of need to induct first. I don't imagine that there's a ton
1: of people doing that. I, it feels like the only time people talk about it is when there's actually announcements made and when the ceremony happens. And then after that, it's like, like you can't really even remember who's in it. So, so I really, at the, at this point, I, I, it, it's just, it's an extra thing to do on international fight week, fight week. And it's good for the fighters and it's good for the company. But as far as fans carrying, I don't know that they do do. I'm not saying they don't, but I don't think it's that big of a deal to the fan base. Yeah. So, Ryan, you you mentioned Anderson Silva, and apparently – so I'm
0: reading the press release. There's actually rules into, as to who can go into the modern era, and yeah. it's athletes yeah. who turn pro on or after November 17th, 2000, and are a minimum age of 35 or who have been retired for one year or more. And Silva actually turned pro in 1998. So, so yeah, that's why. He, yeah,
1: that was like I was thinking he was probably, possibly pioneer, pioneering – he should yeah. go in. so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: he'll he'll go in obviously at some point, hopefully, you know soon, you know, and the uh, Diaz and you know there there's a lot of names that can come in. So I got no issue with this. I was just surprised. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, so that's gonna be during international Fight week, which is uh, July fourth, you know, it finishes on July fourth weekend, but so it'll be earlier in the week. And uh, so they'll be back in front of live fans, we assume. No details announced yet. But we'll get more announcements over the next couple months. And uh, we'll keep you posted. Uh, but uh, we did have a pay-per-view. And uh, it was UFC 272. This was headlined by two... Actually, you know, there was a, the main event and the co-main event were both non-title fights. But they were both five rounds. Because, um, well, Rafael Dos Anjos was originally scheduled to fight Rafael Fizaev uh, in they were gonna be headlining a fight night and then it got moved to this card. So they they kept it at five rounds because that's what the bout agreement had been. And then when Fiziev pulled out, uh Renato Mikano took the bout on short notice and they agreed to keep it at five rounds, but they went to a hundred and sixty pound catch weight. So um but uh yeah but and we'll get to that in a second. But in the main event kind of went how we said it was gonna go on uh, on when we did our preview on Monday uh or Tuesdays you guys listened to it. Uh, Colby Covington won a united decision. Um, You know, it was either five rounds to to nothing or four to one, depending on how you scored the second. I gave it to Masvidal, but it was super close. And I know I wasn't the only one that gave it to Masvidal, but most people gave it to Covington. And uh, I also gave it 10 8 fifth round. Um, There's a couple of rounds that you could have given 10 8 to. And for me, it was the fifth.
2: How Uh, close was round four? because there was the end you know i don't know last minute or something where masvidal did rock covington and he just didn't have enough left in the tank to follow up it was pretty clear because when he did land that shot and covington was kind of like smiling through it and i was just waiting for him to jump on it i was like nope this dude just doesn't have any legs left to to finish it like how how close was that for you guys I I didn't I didn't think like it was like
0: close enough because I, I just thought Covington also had a moment where he you know he kind of rocked him and then he had to take well no the whole round was on the feet but he had um he had a couple moments where he he rocked him early so for me it was it was pretty clearly Covington
1: Ryan what did you think I thought it was pretty clearly clearly Covington just because yeah Masvidal rocked him and dropped him to his knees but he didn't follow up for it because he was just too. By that point, Masvidal was completely gassed out. Gassed out. Just didn't have the energy to follow, follow up. And Covington had a little decent close, close of the fourth, enough to where, to where the knock, you know, wasn't an official knockdown, but the drop to the knees. I don't think that changed the scoring of that round at all. Did you Did you score Garrett, Or you just kind of were watching? No,
2: I I had him. I had
0: Covington winning every round okay yeah i'm looking at the media scores and it's a, it, about maybe half had covington winning all the rounds and then the other half had uh you know maserol winning one which i assume was the second and then there was a few 10-8s mixed in there as well one one guy actually gave two 10-8 rounds um Ryan had a 49 46 I had a 49 45 but either way it was you know pretty clearly Covington and if anybody the only there was only one judge that gave it 49 46 and that was the second round to Masvidal so they all gave the the fourth to uh, Covington as well um after the fight Covington uh I uh, I was just disgusted by his promo like he called up uh Poirier but you know, he called him Louisiana street trash. He he said like his kid was Connor's kid, and he's it's just so cringe, and I'm I'm just so tired of it. Um, uh, Ryan, what did were you surprised? I mean, it's a good call out, I guess, but I, I just didn't didn't
1: care not, for not, how we did it. Not surprised. It's the only guy left here. He has a call out. Uh, Dustin Poirier talked to us in Houston. He said, you know, a few weeks ago said, said that that's a fight. He's never going to take, uh, <laughs> go, go on, because he does, he would mantra because he said it's a, it's a guy he would fight for free for free. So he wants to, he wants to get paid to fight other people, other people. I think that was his, his logic, logic behind it. He'd much rather get paid to fight. Fight people he doesn't like. or that he likes because he at least he's getting paid. Because instead of fighting a dude, he'd fight for free. I think that's the logic behind it. But once you once you bring the kids into it, like just there's there's no going back. That's 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 crossing a line that should never be crossed. Be crossed no matter who does it, no matter if it's Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, anybody. If you bring kids, if you bring the kids into it, you've you've crossed that line, and it's of the point of no to the point of no return. It's just it's pathetic. It was mm-hmm. s- simple as that. So I, I had to watch the promo
2: twice because the first time I heard it, I, it, it was, he, he was like talking too fast and spit in his <laughs> mouth. Like it, it's pretty clear that he had, whether he wrote it down, like it was a planned call out for sure. And the only thing I was like thinking, I was like, man, you know, if he does this, like, it felt like a like like a fake kind of promo to me, like it didn't feel organic in any way. And I think, you know, some choice <laughs> things, like the cuck <laughs> word, th- th- that word yeah. just in general just kind of makes me roll my eyes because you kind of know uh, that, that, that there's a little bit of insecurity behind that word when people use it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't even get offended. I was trying to figure out, Like, how is this guy going to get this fight done? And when when it was over, I was like, that's kind of like a B minus for, you know, for this thing he's been waiting to do. He probably had this thing in his mind for the last few weeks. And I don't know, I just thought it was a bad delivery. And uh, obviously the choice words definitely offended some folks.
1: Yeah, well, he's been he's been talking about Dustin for a while. And this is probably the third or fourth time I've heard him bring bring up the kid, which is, you know, completely crossing the line. But everything Colby does is a gimmick from walking out to Kurt Angle's music because he <laughs> he want because he wants the fans to chant you suck at him. That's the only only reason. And he can't you know, he's it's the cheap heat, the the I'm just gonna insult the city I'm living in instead of just or the city that I'm performing in instead of just trying to organically get hated, you know, like people people at the point now that they hate Connor because Connor just says, says such crazy stuff that, that at the point that like, you know, it's not a gimmick and you, you can hate him for it. Colby's just a straight, straight gimmick that he's, he doesn't it doesn't work anymore because because we've seen him getting getting beat it's like with with chill chill at least had the charm there's no there's no charm in colby covington there's no redeeming qualities in colby covington acting the way he does and doesn't it's just uh, it's tiring and i'm tired of, of seeing him
0: I uh I thought like before he did his call out he did like maybe I don't know 15 20 seconds that actually seemed like it was from the heart and it was actually him and that that was like the only you know redeeming part of of the whole you know quote unquote performance and his corner men were were being real dicks too
1: um so yeah this, so I, real quick i felt like this was the time where if he wanted to be gen ever wanted to have anything genuine to say this was kind of like the perfect moment, because at least now you're done with your with your the guy that you've been, you know, after for three years. But the fact that he didn't want to even even take the opportunity to be any kind of genuine, it just shows it, it just shows his true colors. Yeah, he's a gimmick.
0: Um, so yeah, so it, it went the way we thought, and uh, you know I don't know again where he co- goes from here because he's not getting another shot at Usman anytime soon. So uh, he's looking for money fights, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens next with uh, good old Colby. And as for Jorge, I don't know maybe maybe he fights Connor, maybe he fights one of the Diazes. Who knows? Um, so we referred to the co-main event, and it was kind of similar in a way. I mean, it, it was more dominant for sure. Um, Rafael dos Anjos just tore apart Renato Moicano Um, the ref uh, you know a couple times he wanted to stop it after the fourth round he he basically told Moicano like if you don't turn this thing around in 30 seconds I'm stopping it which I don't know if I've ever heard before like that direct and and he came out and he he won the fifth round so I mean I was showed a lot of heart Dasanios kind of took it off. He knew he had the fight in the bag, and he didn't didn't seem like he really wanted to hurt him anymore, um, although he did land a couple nice shots and, and hurt him a bit, but Wakanda just kept coming, and, uh, you know, he took a lot of damage. You know, showed a lot of heart, but at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about a former light, lightweight champion fighting against a guy who's fought featherweight for most of his career. So um, I just, uh, you know, he... They kept calling it like, oh, he's gained a lot even in losing. But in for me, it was just Dos Anjos. You know, he needed a fight. He's been off for a long time. And uh, and he, he, he got the big win here. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe he gets that fight with Fizzie. Um Ryan, were
1: you surprised at all? I know you picked Dos Anjos, so I doubt yeah. it. You were. No, I wasn't surprised. But I have some very major thoughts on this. I think everybody failed Hanato Moicano. His... Coaches failed him by letting him letting him continue to get get a beating when he didn't need to. I thought Mark Goddard failed him, you know, because if you listen to Mark Goddard, he he clearly said after the fourth, "I think I'm going to stop this fight," and then then yeah. uh, then something happened between the, that moment and then the whole thirty thirty seconds is like like you've just jumped back. On what you what you felt was the right thing to do, I thought he failed in that. I thought the doctors failed failed Moicano in that. He was very clearly clearly. He he was done after the third round for sure. There was no way he should have been able to come out for the fourth, and even no more of a way he should have been able to come come out to the fifth. I think it was just a failure all around. And and you know the the whole saying saying is you know the coaches are supposed to be there to protect the fighters from themselves, but the referees are supposed to be there to to protect the coaches the coaches from from you know. Messing up and not protecting the fighters, and same thing with the doctors. I think just everybody from the top failed, failed in letting Moicano fight. Yeah, he showed some great heart in the fifth, fifth, but this is you know, at at the price of what? What was the what, price, price of the, it?
2: I mean, what's the doctor's role there? Because this doctor <laughs> basically said you could stop this if, if you want to, and then yeah. the referee said, "Well, can he see?" And they said, yes. So, like, because I, you know, because I, I guess I'm a little bit more familiar with how uh, doctors w- would stop boxing uh, fights. Uh, I, I, and, I, you know, I've seen it happen in UFC too. But, I, like, if, I'm, if, if I have a doctor there, I want the doctor to be pretty definitive in his statement so that the referee has enough information to make a, a definitive call as well and he left it a little open ended for me i was like he could save this guy right now by saying you should probably stop it he he's he's not seeing the punches coming uh at least quickly enough to defend himself uh but he he just he was like uh eh, it's up to you it's, it's 50/50 and i was like oh my god i i wanted the doctor to be a little bit more definitive
1: in that moment it's the same guy that's been there for what, going on almost 20 year 20 years now i think it's just he's just kind of just you know let them fight you know i think they've got that mentality which is the wrong the wrong mentality to take to to take i think they just you know let the fighters fight if they want to it's it's not it's nevada's kind of gotten bad about you know doctors not not stopping stuff it's uh, it's The doctor stoppages in MMA have gotten worse. I'll just be the first. I'll just leave it at that. The impression
0: I had was that neither the referee or the doctor wanted to take any flack for stopping the fight. So they were wanting the other guy to do it, and neither one of them would do it. And then uh, Mark Mark, uh, Goddard, uh, who was the ref, uh, even said, The corner's not going to stop this. So it's like so he was looking for an excuse uh, to stop it and yeah, yeah,
1: I agree with you. His exact words were the corner's not gonna stop it, I'm gonna have to. And then he didn't. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it was it was brutal. But again, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, if Micano had somehow got a finish in the fifth round, then you know he'd look like a genius, but it wasn't gonna happen. Um, OK, so the the rest of the main card was, uh, you know, it was pretty good, actually. I think actually the, the other three fights were maybe even in some ways better than than the top two. Uh, we got a really, really nice, strong performance from Bryce Mitchell, uh, undefeated uh, featherweight, um, biggest fight of his career against Edson Barbosa, who, you know, you've seen on every UFC highlight reel, you know, that knockout of Terry Adam, you know, like 50, 10 years ago. Now, it's, you know, it's going to be replayed till eternity. But Mitchell ragdolled him the whole way was almost a carbon copy of the main event uh, except even more dominant and uh yeah uh, Bryce Mitchell you know his wrestling just was able to take Bar- barbosa down all three rounds landed a ton of ground strikes and and got the unanimous decision um i think the a couple of the rounds were 10-8 i think i scored at 29-25 or 30-25 but, I mean, it was – one judge had it 30-27, which was ridiculous. But, um, uh,
2: Garrett, uh, you saw this fight, right? Did Had you seen – are you real familiar with Mitchell? Yeah, I've seen him fight uh, a couple times before. I, I think what's funny is as good of a fighter as he is, he's almost more famous for doing dumb interviews, which is kind <laughs> of interesting, right? It's an interesting branding thing for him. Uh, I I mean, I was very impressed with him, and I guess my question to you guys is, you know, how is he as real as he looked in this fight? Brian,
1: he's he's good. His uh, I I want to see him against a guy who's uh equal footing as far as striking with Barboza, but who's better at wrestling because that's always been Barbosa's weak point is being able to get get taken down he can get taken down too easily i mean somebody like to see him against you know Yair Rodriguez or or Brian Ortega or you know some of these even guys like Josh Emmett or Arnold Allen before i stamp him as a legitimate contender contender Edson a barbosa this is a nice win but Barboza's like the ultimate gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. So, so like you get you get past him, you're ready for the top ten guy, top ten guys. But he's there's 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 still work for him to him to show that he's ready to hang. Ready to hang because when you get in there against a Volkanovski or a Max Holloway, that's just a completely different type of fight than a fight with Edson Barboza. But uh, he's got potential. He's got personality. Uh, his post-fight promo was great. He said oh, he was going to donate. Yeah. He said he was going to donate forty-five thousand dollars to the to Children's Hospital. Dana White told him he didn't have to. That Dana would actually make the donation himself, so that, that way Bryce could keep his pay. That's so, awesome. So, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, he's got. He's definitely if you if anybody listened saw his interview with Ariel Helwani. There's definitely some red flags about him. <laughs> about him, if he if he's in a position to speak publicly and says some of that some of that stuff, it'll get a certain fa- certain fan base will love him, and a certain fan base will not want to not want to have anything to do with do with him. But uh, he's uh, but when it comes to just fighting, he's really good, and I'm ready to see him to take the next step. A lot of, a
0: lot of guys like that in UFC. Um what about uh Ryan, what do you think about uh, Giga Chikadze as a opponent for Mitchell?
1: Uh get yeah, uh I mean I want that's not a fight I would make right away. I'd, okay. Right away. I'd I'd let Giga get back kind of on the win, on a win column because I don't I don't know that he could stop from being getting uh taken down. Maybe maybe uh do I don't know, Bryce Mitchell, Calvin Cater.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that could main event, a fight night for sure. Um friend of the show, well, a friend of the show, favorite of the show, I guess we'd say, a guy we talk about a lot. Uh Kevin Holland. Um my neighbor, he, my neighbor Kevin Holland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from from uh Fortis MMA in Fort Worth. Um he uh finally made the move to welterweight that we've been saying he should be making for like a year now. And uh he he got a big win over Alex Oliveira. Um <laughs> first round <laughs> was uh I was the only person to score it for uh for Kevin Holland so of course my tweet made the screen. Um but luckily <laughs> uh Holland finished it like thirty
1: I, seconds. I, I, a second. I, I, I was I wanted to beat you aside the head with head with <laughs> that. I was just like how how, how like how well, well, like, you said yourself it was close
0: until like the last fifteen seconds. It was
1: close until the last like thirty seconds when Oliver got him yeah. down and was threatening with a, with a choke. I mean, it, you yeah, know, But just... Kevin Holland was flexing
0: and he said, I, "I'm not hurt." And yeah, so I, I guess I, I, you know what? I just really thought the leg kicks were doing a lot of damage, and, um, you know, they don't always, you know, people don't always factor that in. So I just, uh, I thought it was super close. Like, I mean, I wasn't going to argue, and you know, if anybody said Oliver, I was yeah. fine with that. But
1: yeah,
0: I'll, um, just, I'll just tell you to take your L and move on. Well whatever, it doesn't matter cuz he won in the second <laughs> he won in the second round anyways. But yeah, he knocked him down in the second round and he just finished him like super quick on the ground uh with strikes. He, he was just vicious and he looked real good at welterweight. Um you know, he was uh you know, he was he was a little less of the trash talking and showboating that he normally does. Did cut in really, you know, kind of nice post fight promo. Just said, you know, I uh I I tried the middleweight thing. Now I'm going to cut weight and fight at the weight I should be fighting at and uh and then he kind of hinted at. He says, "I've beat one cowboy. Maybe I should go after the other one." And the, that got a huge reaction from the crowd. Um, but I don't think that fight's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's a guy that's always going to get big fights because he's got a he's got a good mouth. And and if he puts together a few wins, he he might get in the
1: title mix. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring up bring up something. Uh, you remember uh, for the listeners, if you have listened listen, y'all been hearing me be very vocal lately about getting these fight night events outside of the Apex back in front of real real crowds. I think the time the time is now. I mean, I mean the time uh, everything's opening back up. I mean, basically all mandates across the world have. Essentially been been dropped or in the process process. So now's the time I'm a little disappointed that they're doing all the April events at the apex And we'll see and that they're still talk about doing at least half of the fight nights at the apex Which is which is a dumb idea dumb idea They need to get get everything in front of fans and one of the reasons why why I keep saying that is like some of these fighters have not gotten their fair shake to fight in front of fans. We talked about Kevin Holland, how he had such a breakout 2020 and, you know, his, you know, his rise to main event, main event in 2021. This is tonight's fight was the first time he fought in front of a real crowd since 2019. And look how they reacted to him. That guy, that guy needs to, we need, you know, some of these guys who, who became stars during the pandemic, they don't need to have their fights, you know, secluded to the apex in front of 20, 20 people, you know, mm-hmm. it's time, it's time. Get these, get these guys in front of fans. Cause you don't, you don't know who who you have, who could be super, pop, super popular. Look at Taito Ivasa. Look how he's kind of come out of where Kevin Holland got a fantastic reaction tonight. I mean, these, you know, get the, get your fighters in front of fans. It looks so much better, so much better. And especially now, now this is the, the 11th straight sellout they've had. I mean, yeah. they did did almost twenty thousand people tonight in Vegas and a almost a seven million dollar gate. Like, like get get these fighters in front of the in front of the fans. They deserve it. They don't need to be fighting in front of twenty people in a warehouse anymore. Like, get them out.
0: Get out of there. Tony Khan is like throwing a parade for hitting a million, and and they do seven million. And Dana's like, yeah, it's another Saturday. Um,
2: <laughs> Garrett, you got you got any thoughts on this one? So I was going to mention, and Ryan basically said it. Like he, I remember him being like one of the breakout stars during the pandemic, and then that Jacare fight at the end of the year in in 2020. And I was surprised, I guess, a little bit because, uh, you know, when you see these guys who are on the rise, you're like, oh, you know, I want to see them on their climb. And and then when they get to to title contention, and then, you know, he lost two decisions uh, in in 2021. And so I guess my question is, because I wasn't following as closely, so was he a small middleweight? Is that the reason why he dropped down? And is he now thus a big welterweight? Like, what body size, like, how does he fare? He like he, he didn't even cut weight. Like, I think there was one,
1: one time he weighed in at, like, 183, right, Ryan? Yeah, he's... He's one of those guys like when there's people when there's people having to cut 20 25 pounds on fight week he doesn't even have to cut until until late Thursday night because he only has to lose like 2 or 3 pounds. I think he walks around like about 190 so he yeah, he's really small small and he's he's not he was not overly muscular for for middleweight and he's got really kind of skinny legs. Legs he's not built by like a he's built like He's even built like a skinny welterweight, all, almost. He's and he doesn't have he doesn't didn't have the frame for middleweight, but he had just so much success that you can't you can't not fight there if you're having you're having success. And that's what I think. Like the first round against Oliveira, I think you know it was taking him some time to adjust against a you know, smaller size competitor. And then once he got, got the timing and all that figured out, look what he did in the second. I think he's just going to be even more dangerous at 170 going forward. So, uh,
2: he was not even in the rankings because of the, the, the weight cut, but as like, like what is based off of this win, where would you put him in the top 15 at
1: welterweight? Uh, since I am a voting panelist, I <laughs> I would not putting I would not put him in the top 15 right away just uh, because he didn't he didn't fight a a ranked guy or a guy close close to it, but you give him somebody like like he. Yeah, he called out Cerrone, and he kind of back. You saw how he kind of backtracked it. But when he was doing his post-fight scrum with the media, he brought up Daniel Rodriguez, who's a guy who's either at 15 or right on the cusp. I think that would be a good test to see to see you know if he wins that, then then you can jump him in the rankings, and all of a sudden now you can start getting him him even those bigger bigger fights that he was getting at 185 until you know really even him up until the end there. Yeah. And, and uh,
0: Rodriguez is on a three fight win streak, you know, some pretty, you know, be Kevin Lee, Mike Perry. So, you know that. Yeah, I, I like that fight a lot. Hopefully they uh, they make it. Um, and then uh, Ryan's fight of the year uh, kicked off the main card. Um, I, I The Greg Hardy experiment is over. Um, he should be kicked out of UFC. I tweeted out, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out um sergey spivak took him down and uh and greg hardy has no ground game him and cm punk would uh, you know have a good good uh match on the ground (laughs) he's horrible he's the absolute worst ufc fighter on the ground other than cm punk like in history i think um and and spivak just destroyed him on the ground and it was over in two minutes 16 seconds hardy didn't even know where he was when it was over and i don't know where he's going to be now because it ain't gonna be in ufc this is the last fight on his contract he's done um, Ryan, you gave it five stars, right?
1: <laughs> I was joking, joking with it. Yeah, that was definitely a five star. It's a five star moment. I think I went three and a half, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, but, yeah. Since I do, since I've been having fun with star ratings on MMA fights for then to help me keep track of what was good at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, uh, went how I expected it. Greg Hardy is god awful and is. Not a good human being being, and sayonara, good riddance. that's all I gotta say. say I like I said, his last finance contract contract loss he was out of there even with a win. I don't think they would re resign him. makes too much money, and he's not worth the investment. Bad fighter, even worse
2: person um so can we go <laughs> can we go back a little bit and what was the fascination obviously NFL player. For one. So there's a little bit of a name there. But somebody who's uh more famous for something that he did bad than 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 he you know than he was for for being a football player. Like I, I understand, you know, maybe you're trying to get, you know, some eyeballs on this guy. He's a great athlete, but unless he was just a, you know, uh, picking this thing up like nobody's business i never understood the fascination with with him and i mean what he showed was is that he was probably you know when it came to skill set he was one of the least skilled fighters in the entire uh in the entire fighter list in the ufc and it's just like you know he's just on all these cards and you know, put on put higher than he necessarily deserved. Like what was Dana's fascination with this guy?
1: I me personally, I don't know. I don't understand it. Maybe it was a fascination of of, you know, Dana has let has let other people from other sports try it just to see just to see. I mean, you know, he let he let CM Punk do it, let James Tony do it. I don't know the fascination. I thought maybe maybe they, you know, felt like felt like they could, that he was going to be like a changed person, I guess, from, from the domestic violence thing. It was very clear, clear from the get go that he wasn't, he was, you know, he's not apologetic about everything in his past at all, past at all, almost seemed proud of everything, everything, you know, because he, he goes on the defense of, of, I was never found guilty. Uh, I mean, we all (laughs) know the reason why he was never, never found guilty. It's not worth getting into Get into, but uh, I mean, for what they had to pay him, uh, I mean, it's just it's, you know, that was more insulting to a lot of fighters, to a lot of fighters. I mean, look at the guy, guy like look at like somebody like Kanato Moik- Moikano, the kind of beating he took tonight, and we're, you know, or or uh, Bobby Green last week, taking that main event on on a few days few days notice. We you know we're sitting here talking about. Well, I hope these guys at least got six figures for for doing what they did. Meanwhile, Greg Hardy's making half a million a fight. That's an insult to the rest of, rest yeah. of every, everybody. It's just it's ridiculous and I don't never understood the fascination with it and I'm just I'm just glad we don't have to deal with it anymore. I would say Garrett,
0: you you did you did make one point there about saying like if he's shown um, like uh, an ability for this, or I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but he did start out his career, like, you know, three straight amateur wins all, you know, in quick, like 92nd knockouts and less. And then his first three pro fights also first round finishes all under a minute. So, you know, maybe they just figured they had somebody, you know, and, and he's got a name and he's got knockout power and heavyweights, you know, was kind of a bad division. There There's a lot of really interesting prospects now, but, you know, four years ago it was, you know, a little less, interesting that it is now so you know they they tried it and and I think yeah everything Ryan said as well
2: and Dana you know trying to do a rehab story but but that was like, uh, that was matchmaking though right like the, to, well to I mean, quote the, Rocky from Rocky yeah. three like those were hand-picked guys well for the him, guys right? the
0: guys he fought like you know one guy was three and one another guy was four and zero oh, another guy was three and zero oh. like they weren't you know they weren't necessarily tomato cans but, but they weren't going to take him down and ground no them. exactly no 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 exactly it was it was it was good matchmaking I mean and and yeah. that's what you're trying to do like they're trying to build a star and people bought into it you yeah. know and uh and then it didn't work out so that's so like sage Northcutt and Paige van Zandt and you know there's other people they've tried this with and it doesn't always work
1: i think so, i think with greg hardy what happened what happened was yeah they tried to push him they tried to give him tomato cans and they kind of the, the inhaler incident happened and then yeah. the, then he got beat by volkov volkov but then he then they gave then they gave him two tomato cans afterwards he didn't look all that good at all, at all. Though he won, and then they give him a, a fringe ranked guy at the time, Marcin Tybura, who's really good. And Tybura just exposed him. And at that point, you're just like, this guy's not going to be worth worth the investment. Let's just. You know, at that point they get you know, he gets beat by Tyber, and then what do they do? They match up against Chai Tuivasa, who's who everybody knew who everybody was smart knew Ty, Ty was gonna knock him out quickly, and then they give him Spivak, another super strong wrestler wrestler with knockout power. At that point, I figure after the Tyber fight they were done with the experiment, it's just like let's 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 let him fight out his deal deal. Let's give him guys who are gonna beat him and just move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and we have he's done. Uh, I think actually his best fight might have been the Volkov fight. Um, and uh, he just kind of regressed from there. Um, all right, so uh, before we go, um, well, something we, we've been doing, we just started last week, and uh, Garrett, you didn't watch the
2: whole show, so I don't know if I did, you're gonna not. necessarily participate in this, but I was watching we do our my, three... wo- my Warriors get put on uh, 56 <sighs> points by LeBron James tonight. Oh, my goodness, wow. So the Lakers aren't quite dead yet, eh? Um, so we
0: got the – we do our three stars. We started this last week, and we're going to keep doing it every week. So it's kind of like hockey, you know, where you where you have your three-star selection. Um, so, Ryan, I want to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, go oh, ahead. You go first last week. Okay. Yeah, okay. So – and these aren't necessarily in, in any order, although in this case, my first star is my first star, and it's Marina Moros. Um she, fighter from the Ukraine, she came in as a big underdog and this was a heated fight. We talked about this last week. These two hated each other even more than Covington and uh, Masvidal in the main event, their former training partners. And Moroz just had the performance of her life. And then she cut a promo afterwards where she thanked everyone for all the messages. She said she's worried about her family. She doesn't know what's gonna happen. Her country's falling apart. Like I, She was in tears, I was in tears. Um, Just an incredible performance by Marina Moreau, both in and out of the cage. And she's my number one star. Uh, Number two is uh, Cousin Umar, uh, Khabib's cousin, who got a uh, first-round submission over Brian Kelleher, who's a a pretty big fighter, you know, um, and uh, moved to 14-0. That was on the early prelims. And then my uh, my third star, we talked uh, about him earlier, Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty. Ryan, who's yours?
1: Okay, uh my three stars. Uh first Kevin Holland. I mean we, we we talked about that, so don't need to get back into it. Uh second, cousin Umar. Uh looked, looked outstanding against Brian Keller. Kind of expected him to, him to look him to look good, but he looked even better than I thought. And a uh, third star, I'm going Jalen Turner. That fight with Jamie Malarkey, That was a that was a great fight and Turner. Turner, that's four wins in a row for for him. He's got a lot of a lot of potential. He's a he's a finisher. So yeah, uh, I th- he's got a very bright bright future, and I wanted to give him uh, some props for his performance. You're dead to me.
0: How can you not pick
1: Marina Rose? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, she. <laughs> I want. I had to go something different because honestly, okay. because honestly, I had cousin Umar and Marina morose in there. All right, so. Okay, so, yeah, and I did so the same thing different. last week. Yeah, yeah. I
0: did, because I, we want to mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett, if you want to go back and watch anything from the prelims, these fights are actually back-to-back, and they're both pretty quick. Uh, Cousin Umar, who's going to be a champion someday, and uh, Marina Morose, um, who is just a little spitfire. And I met her in Saskatoon. She's she's awesome. And, uh, and uh, check out that post-fight promo. If you see nothing else on the prelims, just watch the post-fight promo and Connect- tell me you
2: didn't cry. Can I ask you guys one more question before we get out of here because the yep. last UFC show was all about Joe Rogan, right? Like Joe Rogan, he had to take the show off because there was so much negative publicity. So he's back and it's almost like nothing happened or are, are we is is it like <laughs> everything is fine? Um well, we're we're all good and and it's kind of interesting that he, you know, obviously he's going to be the one that uh interviews Colby Covington but you know I wouldn't want to be next to Colby Covington if I was just the person who was uh, almost canceled on on Twitter because of being racist in my prior days like that was an interesting pairing but yeah it was a, I mean
1: w- is there anything going to happen or is it forgotten is it already in the rearview mirror I mean I thought it was in the rearview mirror after you know, by after the last UFC was, was over because we haven't heard anything about Rogan essentially since those few days. So, so I already thought it was in the, in the rearview mirror. I haven't heard anybody talk about Joe, Joe Rogan since, since UFC 271. So, mm-hmm. so. even, even uh, Anik bringing
0: up his name on the last pay-per-view saying, oh, I'm texting Joe, you know, and stuff and, and nobody cared. um you know i just i think it's that fan base and uh you know and i think that like in in case you're wondering garrett because you didn't see the whole card like i think that was literally the only even hint that joe rogan wasn't you know around for one pay-per-view uh was when colby mentioned it's good to have you back yeah Uh, yeah that's it nobody else mentioned it so interesting um yeah I think he's just so well liked among the fighters and obviously the management and everything so they just weren't gonna touch it and I guess people have moved on
2: no I mean, he's yeah. the guy right like if you yeah you know if if you're into UFC like how I got into it, which is going like, oh my gosh, I really like this stuff now let me go back and rent all the shows <laughs> that I missed on Blockbuster video like you know there were a couple people who were always there. Goldberg and and he were were together for most of those shows, so it's hard to envision a UFC without him. And I think, you know, save for, I guess, recently, he'd been a fairly good spokesperson for the company. And uh, I just I just wonder how the uh, you know the podcast and and all those things and you know I'm, and and this is just kind of what the internet does, right? Like. Yeah. Once they found out some some stuff, and he kind of got uh, a little bit of negative. Eh, he got a lot of negative feedback. It didn't affect his job. I didn't think it would. And then the internet has now moved on. And unless something else is unearthed that is worse than what we saw, then then maybe it comes back. But I think you know, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not offended by him being there, and actually enjoy him mostly because of fam- familiarity um so but i was yeah i was just wondering like in in the inner circles like how people if if anybody is bothered i i, I didn't imagine yeah. that anyone was bothered that he was back
1: i i, I don't think so and and actually actually people you know people who i know who know that that i cover the ufc and have this relationship with the ufc and work closely with the ufc one of the questions i'm asked most by people is like do you know Joe Rogan? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. Like, yeah, no. like so. I mean, so the so the fan the fans the people who are familiar with the UFC UFC they like having Joe around. So so I don't think it was that much of anything.
0: I'll be honest, like you know, my memory is the worst. Anyways, until Colby mentioned it, I completely had forgotten about the whole thing already. So um, I don't know if I'm typical of most people, but that's just me.
2: The way that they introduced him on the main card, I thought was um, that's when it hit me because Anik introduced him and then the camera kind of panned over and Joe had this like sort of uh, shy grin. And I was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, like, oh, God, like he's back. But then when I didn't see Cormier, then I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then Ryan reminded me that uh, Cormier's mom had passed away. So that's why he wasn't on tonight.
0: Yeah, so uh yeah, so that was uh that was it. Joe's back. DC was gone, but he'll be back next pay per view, hopefully. And that was UFC two seventy two. Um so we'll be back with our regular show on okay. Tuesday. Uh
1: real, oh, real quick, got... real yeah. quick, I wanted to go over some uh some of Dana Dana White's uh, post fight okay. press oh, yeah, conference, yeah. conference okay. notes, uh uh let me uh, uh bonuses fight of the night they gave to Covington and Masvidal. Which I don't I don't know why why I don't think that was the best fight of the night, but the performance bonuses went to Kevin Holland and Marina Morose. Uh The uh, gate was a little over six and a half million, and attendance was you know, a little over nineteen thousand, in between nineteen and twenty. I don't have I can't find those numbers in this thread. That's right, that's right in front of me. But uh, a few things he noted uh, noted that they wanted to they actually wanted to do the Covington and Mazadol fight in Florida but because they had already booked this date for Vega for Vegas. It kinda just happened here here. Uh they said uh Johanna Joanna was in attendance. She said she has a fight fight book. She wasn't saying who. Dana said that they're hoping that the to book the rematch between Joanna and Zhang Weili. Uh he said that even though Habib was being announced for the Hall of Fame tonight that, that he was in a bad mood Mood, and he suspected that is because Tim Elliott beat Tagir Ulinbakov on the prelims. Um, uh, two other things he said. Uh, he, he says that because of everything reopening – a lot of venues are getting booked up fast, so they're so they're trying to figure out, figure out where they can travel to in different cities for finite events, Finite events. Like I said, they want to get back traveling all over the world, but like I said, I still fear that they're going to do too many events in the Apex just because of conven- convenience, which I think is a bad idea. And the last thing, and probably the most notable thing, is he was asked about Nate Diaz, and uh Dana said the likelihood of Nate Diaz signing a new contract with them is very good, so that will be something oh. interesting to keep an eye on. Okay. cool. So, so and there's like about all the it.
0: Stuff with it. And that's all the stuff. So if you get anything, if we get anything else that comes out of this show, uh, we'll talk about it on Tuesday, of course. And, uh, and then we'll preview next week's show and uh, talk about whatever news. And we'll have our, we got to talk about segment uh, kicking off the show. And uh, I got some ideas, Ryan and I'll talk off air and we'll figure it out. But uh, before we go, uh, Garrett, uh, you you already talked a bit about the Daniel or I
2: Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson interview. (laughs) Uh, Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh no well I guess just on this Patreon um since since this is this is a a bonus show on the Patreon I think Mike Gilbert is gonna do something for Sacrifice probably a a solo Mike show for the the impact thing and then uh, and then yeah then you know our normal week kicks off uh with uh, the the Raw ninety eight stuff and then you and uh, Jeff Hawkins up on um. Wednesday night after Dynamite. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there I hear there's an, another new show
0: that's getting a lot of rave reviews it's called The Bruise News with you and uh, <laughs> you and a real handsome co-host. And Yeah, do you like doing that? It's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, check that out. And we got the audio up on the free feed. So And actually, if you're listening to this and for whatever reason you're not subscribed to the free feed, please do that. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, just search Fight Game Media and hit that like and subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. Helps out a lot. Um, so Ryan and I'll be back on Tuesday. Garrett will be all over the place. You can see and hear him. Uh, so for everybody, for Ryan, for Garrett, I've been Paul. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.